Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's give God some glory, some honor, and some praise for that awesome praise and worship. Father God, we thank you. We magnify you. We lift you up. We just thank you, God, for being God all by yourself. Welcome to New Creation Church. Pastor George Thomas III here, and I hope you're ready for a word. Amen. Let me let me pray real quick. I know Lady Thomas prayed. I just want to pray real quick because I just feel it in my spirit. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We pray that it goes forth with boldness and clarity. We pray, oh God, that today you will be glorified. We pray, pray that the enemy will be terrified, oh God. We pray, oh God, that your saints be edified today, oh God, and we stand on that right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you again. Uh, I'm excited today. We kick off a brand new series. Lord, has our hearts become dull? I pray this series challenges you and encourages you as well. If you have your Bibles, tablets, phones, whatever you're using today, go ahead and go to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read verse 14 and 15a, and it reads as follows. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. Which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. Verse 15, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Wow. Today we're going to kick off the series with signs of a dull heart. My God, signs of a dull heart. A long time ago, there was a tree chopping contest between two men. Uh, the winner will receive fortune and fame. They got together and they had it to sundown to cut down as many trees as they possibly could. So as soon as sunrise came, the men began chopping. They both were working very hard. At about noon, one man decided to take a break. The other man saw the man leave and take a break. So he said in his mind, he must be going to lunch. He's lazy. This is my time to shine. I'm about to take over this race. So he begins to chop, chop, chop. The man comes back about an hour later and starts chopping again. Sundown has came. It's time to add up the trees. And come to find out the man that left cut down twice as many trees as the man that stayed all day. The man that stayed all day was confused and exhausted and tired. He asked him, he said, brother, how did you leave and chop down more trees than me? I figured you must have went to lunch or took a break. How did that happen? He said, well, the reason I left is because my ex had became dull. So I left to go and sharpen it. And when I came back, I was able to work faster and smarter and chop down more trees. My God, I hope you're hearing me today. I come to help somebody today who may be having dullness of heart that you've been caught up in regularity. You've been caught up in religion. You've been caught up in routine so much that somehow our hearts have become dull. Jesus is teaching about the parable and the seed of the sower. We're going to dig into that next week, but follow me this week, uh, the intro to the series. But Jesus is teaching his disciples and the people listen about the parable of the seed and the sower. And then he just drops this bomb, this quote that's in the gospel of Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, excuse me. But this quote is found in all four of the gospels. You know, the synoptic gospels, anybody that's been rocking with me, synoptic, synonym, a similar Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell the same story just from different points of views. Uh, John is a little different. It tells the gospel story, but it's a different. Jesus is letting me know he is the I am, I am in the gospel of John. But this same quote is found in all four gospels, and I find that very important. So Jesus is teaching a multitude. 
He's using the parable of the seed of the sower to teach his disciples. And then they ask him a question. Look at Matthew 13, 10 and 11 for me real quick. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak in parables? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. Wow. Jesus will go on to explain his parables to the disciples, but not to the others. Don't forget when Jesus would teach, there would be crowds that would came to Christ. There would be multitudes, as the Bible described, that would follow Jesus around. And some people followed him around, but still continually rejected his message. Woo. They, they would want to see Jesus, but they would not want to listen to Jesus. <laughs> they would want to hear what Jesus had to say, but they had no desire to obey or adhere to what he was teaching. Can, can, can you feel me on that? They wanted to be around Jesus, but didn't want to listen to Jesus. That's a dangerous place to be when I want to be around Jesus. I want to hear Jesus. I want to listen, but I don't want to obey. He talked in parables so that we can understand. I love this. I love the, the imagery behind parables. Amen. The imagery. And, 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 and as Jesus taught in parables, it was amazing how he moved and taught us in parables. Why? Because they gave us illustrations, something that we can feel and understand. So then Jesus goes on to quote Isaiah 6 and 9, a shameless plug. If you missed last week, please go back and watch it uh, because I preached on Isaiah 6, 1 through 8 last week. And I asked the question, are you ready? Uh, because that's how Isaiah was presented to Jesus. Was he ready? I, I love this because the Bible tells us what that the work of the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few, which means God got plenty of work for us to do. But are you ready to do the work? Only a few people willing to do the work. I love this, but because God asked Isaiah, who shall I send? And Isaiah said, here am I. You got to watch it. I don't have time to recap all last week, but he said, here am I, not here I am. Please watch it. He's ready to be used for the service of the master, ready to do God's will. And God tells Isaiah, look, it's going to be some people that see, but can't perceive. It's going to be some people that want to listen and hear, but don't understand. I need you to go help and talk to them. Who are dull of heart. So we're talking about dull. Let's look at the definition of dull. Let's get us a working definition. Dull means lacking sharpness, lacking zest, or sluggish. That's what dull means. That's what dull means. See, see, we are, see, all of us, watch this, must constantly reflect on and test to see where our hearts is and where our spiritual life lies as well. We got to constantly see where our heart lies, where our spiritual life lies. We got to constantly check that. Why? Because it's so easy to get dull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so easy to be lacking the zest and the zeal for the things of God. Come on. Uh, come on. I need somebody to keep it real with me today, this morning. That, that It's a trip when I want to do this and I want to go and do whatever I want to do. There's nothing wrong with going to the sports games. The pastor loves sports. I'm an NBA fan. Thank God for the playoffs right now. I want to see some good games. I want to see some good teams. I want to see some brothers ball out. Hurt my heart that Stephanie didn't make it. Man, I want to see some good things. I want to see my children ball and have fun and doing their sports and athletics. I like to do, do all these things. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is something wrong when I got a zeal for everything else. But when it comes to God, I'm lacking it. I don't have any energy for the things of God. I'm tired when it comes to the things of God, but I'm excited and it got energy when it's time to see and preach PG. I'm trying to help somebody today. Are you sluggish when it comes to the things of God? Look at this. Matthew 13 and 15. A clause. For the hearts of his people, of this people, excuse me, have grown 
Oh, I love this right here. Follow me. Because Jesus didn't say their hearts just turned dull. That's not what he said. He said they became dull. Uh, your heart is not a light switch that you can flick on and off. He says your heart has grown dull. See, we are familiar with the saying. Watch this. Watch this. You are what you eat. Come on. Come on. Those of us, uh, including me, PG, who might not be in the, in the shape that we want to be right now. We, we, it's almost summertime, so we got to get it together, y'all. Those that are trying to get it together for the summer, we got to get it all. Uh, I know I need to work a little bit harder. I've been doing all right, but I can work harder. So some things I need to do. Uh, it's almost summertime, but I love this because you are what you eat. See, see, we just don't wake up and say, dang, I put on 20 pounds. Uh, we don't still go to Popeye's and eat one meal and say, dang. That biscuit was too much. No, 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 no. What happened? It's, it's from a series of choices that have caused us that has changed our physical frame from a series of choices that we made. I'm here to tell you the same thing works for the condition of our hearts. Your heart just don't grow cold or turn dull. No, it comes from a series of choices that you've decided to make that make you dull spiritually. Just like those series of choices can come out in the natural, whether it be high blood pressure or diabetes or what are chronic fatigue. It's a whole list of things. It's a whole list, list of things as well that can get you out spiritually. Amen. When we don't, when we make poor choices concerning our spiritual life. We don't make time to read God's word. Come on, though. His word is the word of life. His word, the Bible is clear. Man cannot live on bread alone, but out of every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Uh, we got to establish a prayer life. I got to be in constant communication with God, not just when I'm in trouble, not just when I'm in need. Yes, I got to be in, in kind of communication when things are going good. I got to be in communication when I need his guidance and I need his decision making in my life. I got to attend and actively engage in worship. Amen. I got to evangelize and disciple. I got to help to be to help build up God's church to make disciples what he has called us to do. Amen. I got to be willing to give, give uh, as it should be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shaking together and running over. Shaman, man, give unto your bosom. I should be willing to give and do all the things that God has required me to do because all that is saying is that I put my trust and my dependency on God And if your trust and dependency Is on him There's no way you can be dull Woo See if these, if these disciplines are missing From my life watch this Newsflash your heart Is growing dull I remember being at, at, at Bible college And the president Dr. Charles Ware Was preaching one time We had a meeting assembly And he said something that was so profound to me He said Christians do not have blowout tires. We have slow leaks. Because see, a blowout tire is something that happens when you hit a pothole or you hit maybe uh, some nails or some glass in the street or you hit a curb too hard and boom, the tire blows out. See, that's not what Christians experience. We experience a slow leak once we stop worshiping, when we stop reading our Bible, when we stop praying or only do these things when it's convenient, when we stop giving God the time and the honor that he desires, that he is worthy of. In fact, when we stop doing all this, we begin to have slow leaks in our tires. When we do that, sin begins to creep in and the spirit of the air begins to creep out. And then all of a sudden we are on flat. We have no energy for the things of God. We are sluggish toward the things of God. And we look around like, what happened? I was so on fire for God. I had the love of God. I had the worship of God. I love to tell people about God. 
I, I had all this zeal and it's gone is because we have allowed slow leaks to come into our life. <laughs> uh, I just had a Caprice revelation. I used to have a 95 Caprice Chevy. Man, I miss that car. I love that car. I had a bubble Chevy. I love my bubble Chevy. And I remember when I was younger, I had it when I was like 19, 20 years old. And, and I remember uh, I had a tire that had a slow leak and I found something called Fixer Flat. <laughs> And fixer flat was an amazing invention to me because my tire could be flat. I could take the fixer flat can, shake it up, spray it in my tire. It was enough now for me to get to the gas station. I could put air in it, and then my tire no longer had a flat because it healed, it, it uh, sealed up the slow leak that was in it. But the problem was me being young and in my ignorance. I thought it was a forever fix. Fixer flat is temporary. See, what I thought would help my, I'm preaching, I hope somebody's catching it, what I thought would fix my slow leak really only continued to damage the inside of my tire. And eventually it blew up, blew out, and the stuff that was inside went everywhere. Come on, come on. See, we like fix the flat sometimes can be some drugs. Uh, see, fix the flat sometimes can be some drinking. Uh, see, fix the flat sometimes can be some sex. Uh, fix the flat can sometimes be some fighting. We turn to turn to all these different fix the flats and try to put them in us internally, hoping it heals this slow leak that we got. And really all it does is make a mess because we don't get it changed like we should. We need the tire changed, but yet and still, we try to fix something that don't need to be fixed. We need something to be replaced. Amen. Ooh, sorry, I had, I had a Chevy uh, revelation. Sorry about that. Look at this. We're going to talk about the signs of hearing. Here is the first sign. Watch this of a dull heart. Is that your heart of hearing? Look at this. Matthew 13 and 15. We're going to go through this verse very slowly. For the heart of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. I can just pause for the cause right there. Because let's be honest. Have our ears been hard of hearing? Come on. We've had a whole pandemic. Our whole life has changed. Church has changed. A lot of things will never be the same. God, has, to me, has been speaking. But it's the question I want to pose to you. Are you hard of hearing? Come on. Nobody likes a, a, a child that's hard of hearing. We got that child when we tell to do things, we're constantly instructing and watch this, huh? What you say? I didn't hear you when you know they might have heard you. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get it together because Jesus said these people, hearts are growing dull, but the problem is they have ears. But they are hard of hearing, my God, my God. I have some people come to me and say, I don't know what's going on, uh, uh, Pastor. Everything seems to be in shambles. Nothing is going right. Nothing is going good. I don't have this going on. I don't have this going on. It just seems like God is nowhere to be found. I, I don't know what's going on. I had to say, well, are you reading your word? No. Are you praying? No. Are you actively attending your worship? No. Well, guess what? If you're not seeking God, then you're not going to hear God speaking. Uh, I hope somebody caught that. If you're not seeking God, you will not hear him speaking because he speaks in a small, quiet voice. Sometimes he speaks through other people. He speaks definitely through a pastor or a spiritual leader in your life. God speaks that way. So we got to understand he speaks through his word. We got to open up his word and get the revelation of who he is. God is still speaking. But the question you got to be honest with with yourself. Can I not hear him? Is because I'm hard of hearing. See, the word listen or hear instruction is mentioned 27 times in the book of Proverbs alone. 
Now, now, I ain't talking about the whole Bible. I'm talking about just the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, the book of understanding. The phrase listen or hear instruction, I said, is 27 times in that book alone. It says things like, now, therefore, listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Proverbs 8.32, Proverbs 8.34, blessed is the man who listens to me. Watches daily at my gate, waiting at the post of my door. My God, blessed is the one, he said, who listened and then got enough sense to wait on the Lord. Come on, you got to be willing to listen. But sometimes the listening causes us to have to wait on God and not try to fix things or do things in our own strength. Proverbs 28, 9, he says, one who turns away his ear from hearing the law. Even his prayer is an abomination. Woo! That means we wonder why sometimes our prayers aren't being answered. Sometimes our prayers seem like they're not going past the ceiling. because we're turning away our ear from God. So we're not trying to pray, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying, Father, let our will be done on earth so we can live how we want to live. And I'm here to tell you, people of God, that is not how it works. That our wills have to line up to God's will so that his will will come to pass. Why is my prayer an abomination? Because my heart, people of God, has grown dull. We're still there. Matthew 13 and 15. Look at this. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes have closed. Woo. Sign two of a dull heart. Has your eyes closed? Come on. Talk to me, somebody. We got to be has our eyes closed because when I come to find out by living this life and walking this walk, we can have 2020 in the natural and be legally blind in the spirit. Preach PG. I promise I'm doing the best I can. I promise y'all. Uh, God told me to tell you, you can be 2020 in the natural yet be legally blind in the spirit. I uh, have no clue what's going on in the spirit realm, but know about everything in the natural. You know what's going on with this party, what's going on over here, and who's in whose business, and who's sleeping with who, and what's this, and what's that. Know everything in the natural, yet in the spirit. Don't know, have a clue what's going on. See, being spiritually blinded is what? Is what? To reject Christ, his person, and his teachings. To be spiritually blinded is being in a state of not understanding God's word and having no desire to apply it to your life. Woo. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the God, the Bible says this, the God of this world has blinded the mind of those who will believe that he's put a veil over their eyes. He's blinded their mind. They can't even see or perceive or know that they have a desire to want to follow God. So you're, under, you're looking around when your heart's on fire. You said you see God. You see wickedness. You see God's will. You see the, the promises of God. You see how being faithful has blessed you. You see how being uh, honoring God and worshiping and doing what you're supposed to do towards God and honoring Jesus and giving your life and you see the blessings of it and you look around and somebody you know very well don't see none of that. Why? Because they're spiritually blind. The God of this world has blinded the mind of those so they won't believe. But let me help you. One thing that can attribute to your blindness watch this, is the company you keep. Woo. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm preaching today. I ain't worried about it. I hope somebody say amen in the comments, but either way it go, I know this is a word from the Lord. I know he told me to preach this thing today. Uh, uh, one thing that can attribute 
to our blindness is the company we keep. Come on, look at this scripture. It coincides with Isaiah 6, which Jesus is saying. It's Ezekiel 12 and 2. Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see, but does not see, and ears to hear, but does not hear. For they are a rebellious house. Woo. God telling Ezekiel, look here, you live in a rebellious house. House. There's people around you in your land, in your in your uh, circle of influence, in your sphere, in your group, in your clique. And I come to tell you, you roll with a rebellious house, and it's a trip because watch this. God created everything right, and I find it funny that birds flying flocks, dogs running packs, uh, fish swimming school. Yet Christians don't think they are to hang with other Christians. <laughs> that, 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 that's funny to me that other things that are alike and like-minded roll together. But when it comes to the people of God, we don't want to roll with the people of God. We want to roll with those who live or dwell amongst rebellious people. And I come to tell you, you got to be careful. The Bible says do, do not be equally yoked with unbelievers. That don't mean you cannot love them. You're supposed to love them. That don't mean you cannot be cordial and, and kick it with them sometimes. But you should not be in a position where they are influencing you and taking you outside the will of God. Come on. Nobody should be influencing you and taking you to do things outside the will of God. Come on, James 4 and 4. Adulterers and adulteress. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That's the kind of preacher we got to look into the word of God and see what the word of God says. I come to tell you that we got to be careful who we hang with. We got to be careful who we are around because they will affect us. Come on, come on, somebody. I'll I, I get naked so you can get naked. Uh, I'll be transparent so you can be transparent. But, but, but someone, either a friend or someone we looked up to, watch this. Influence us to partake in ungodly activities, also known as sin. <laughs> Somebody somewhere. Uh, if, if I go back in time, uh, uh, my first time getting high, I wasn't by myself. I was with some other people. Uh, my, my first time getting drunk, I wasn't by myself. I was with some other people. Uh, when it came to having sex and being influenced by those who were older than me, uh, 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 fighting or bullying someone, whatever the case it may be, put your situation in it wherever it fits you. But if we be honest, whether it be a friend, an older cousin, an older brother, or sister, love somebody influenced us somehow, some way, in some ungodly activities. And the Bible is clear, 1 Corinthians 15 and 30, 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Could it be the reason that we have in trouble seeing is because we keep around us bad company and a rebellious house. And in that has caused us not to be able to see God in the glorious of his gospel, not able to see Jesus in the glory of his life. Woo, come on. I'm almost finished. Look at this. We're still here. Matthew 13 and 15. For the heart of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Wow. We know we are struggling with being able to see and hear. So here lies the problem. Jesus, what do we do? Our hearts are grown dull. We're struggling 
hearing you clearly and we're struggling seeing you clearly. Jesus, don't leave us right there. I love that the answer is found in the end of the verse. Lest they should understand with their hearts in turn. Uh, there was a black doctor by the name of Daniel Hale Williams who opened up Provident Hospital and Medical Training Facility in the year 1891. But he changed history in 1893, uh, becoming the first black man, first, first man period to perform open heart surgery. See, in 1893, a man named James Cornish came into the hospital bleeding from several stab wounds to his chest after a brawl. Mr. Cornish was losing blood very quickly and the treatments they were trying weren't working and they were not going to save his life. So uh, Dr. Hale, Daniel, applied anesthesia and began carefully exploring his chest cavity. He discovered some damage left in the internal artery. He stitched it up and then he also found a stab wound near the right coronary artery. With his heart still beating in, in, inside while an open heart surgery was going on, which was unheard of at that time, he began redirecting the blood flow. See, William was forced to use forceps to steady the organ. He then sewed the wound back up together and then stitched his chest up and closed it. See, Mr. Cornish not only survived the surgery, but after 51 days, he left the hospital and lived. Not only did he live, but he lived another 20 years. The natural, that's how that worked. Now let's go to the spiritual so we can deal with Dr. Jesus and be on our way. Uh, lest they should understand with their hearts. Uh, uh, see, us like Mr. Hen, Mr. Cornish, uh, our hearts are jacked up. Our hearts have been stabbed and wounded. Our hearts have issues in it that we don't even know that was there. They have been hurt by people who have been hurt by our own doing. And somehow, someway, we got to make it to the hospital, which is the church. And we got to allow Dr. Jesus, watch this, to get inside that heart. To put us in some anesthesia and lay us down and make us sit there for a minute and let him do his work. He got to put us down. And when he does, he opens up our chest cavity. Watch this. And I love that it said that he redirected the blood flow. That sounds like a turning of the heart to me. So we got to let God to turn our hearts. We got to allow God to get in there with some forceps to begin to keep things steady. We got to allow God to stitch up some arteries of lust, of pride, of greed, of anger, of malice, of jealousy, of hate, of, of, of whatever they are. We got to allow God to get in there and begin to stitch up the glands and arteries of our heart so he can turn it back to him. I love this. The end of the verse said this, that when they turn to me, that they should so I can heal them. So Jesus' whole plan and purpose is for him to heal. Heal our hearts. But he cannot begin to heal our hearts. Watch this. If you never make your way to the hospital. Dr. Jesus can't begin to heal your heart unless you let him in it. He said, if any man opens up his heart, I stand at the door and I knock. And if he opens it up, I abide with him in it. I come to tell you, family, that we got to get away from these dull hearts. These dull hearts are keeping us from the promises of God. These dull hearts are keeping God from doing great and magnificent things in our lives. These dull hearts are keeping us, my God, from the peace of God. If that's you today, I don't know where you're standing with God, but you know. I, I don't know exactly what's in your heart. There's no way for me to know that. I just know when God gives me the word, I got to preach it. 
when God puts something on my heart and tugs in my heart about something, I got to go deliver his word the way he called me to deliver it. So I'm believing somebody somewhere today listening, heart has grown dull to the things of God. And God has said, I need you to come home. God has said, I need you to get this thing right. God has said, I need you to turn right now. Turn your heart so that I can heal you. Because I see your brokenness. I see your hurt. I see your pain. I see your unforgiveness. I see your doubt. I see your lack of faith. I see your greed. I see your pride. I see it all. But I cannot begin to operate on you until you come to me. So if that's you today, it's a number to say text to join. If you need special prayer, text that number for special prayer as well, whatever it may be. I'm going to pray for you now. But I'm believing God and trusting God today that somebody says, I'm coming home. That somebody says, you know what, Pastor? I got to get it together. I need my, my heart has grown dull over this pandemic. My heart has grown dull to the things of God. I don't have any zeal. I'm lacking sharpness for the things of God. I'm sluggish when it comes to the things of God. And somehow I got all my energy when it comes to the things of this world. And I need to get it together. Father God, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, that we can still go back and look at the words of your son. Look at your word and still find life in them. Still find transformation in them. Still find healing in them. Still find deliverance in them, Father God. So I pray for anyone, oh God, whose heart has grown dull. Maybe a heart has been dull because they don't know you in the pardon of their sins. I pray that person right now begins to repent and ask for forgiveness for their sin and accept you as their Lord and Savior and believe that you died for them and rose for them upon the uh, rose from them from the grave, oh God. And that you promise to give them new life, oh God. If they believe that with all their heart, oh God, that they shall be saved. I pray for those who have been part of the church, that have been saved, who have given their life to Christ, yet have found themselves dull to the things of God and found themselves energized and entertaining when it comes to the things of this world and sin. I pray, Father God, their hearts are not hardened today, oh God. You begin to break down the hard parts of their heart, oh God. You begin to perform open heart surgery, oh God, right now in the name of Jesus. You begin to break down those walls and those barriers and soften their hearts, oh God, so they can receive you in the glory of your gospel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen, man. I pray that that prayer, that God bless you, that God keep you, and we are grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're at the end, and y'all know that people log on at different times, so you might have missed uh, offering time. You might miss it, whether you're a member, you want to pay your tithes, or you just stop by and visit and say, you know what, that word was for me, and I want to sow into the ministry. We're grateful for every seed that is sown, for every tithe that is paid. We are grateful, so we thank God for that, um, that we're able to still do ministry even in the midst of a pandemic, and I'm just thankful just being uh, New Creation Church, just even being a young church, a uh, 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 beginning in our infancy, and the pandemic happening, we're still standing. I'm grateful to God for that. I truly am. So if you want to get your offering together, you can text to give or you can cash out. Either one, I'm going to pray over your offering right now. Father God, I ask, oh God, you bless those, oh God, that come to that, that have prepared a seed, oh God, whether it be their tithes or their offering, oh God, and you know what they stand in the need of, Father God. And they have 
presenting you a gift by faith. So I pray, Father God, that it goes forth with boldness, oh God. I pray, Father God, that you give them whatever they stand in need of, oh God, whether it's peace, whether it's healing, oh God, finances, oh God, and whatever it is, that you may increase their faith through their seed they have sown, oh God, through their tithes and their offering. When you promise to the tithes that you will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that they won't have room enough to receive. We believe that and we stand on your word as the only true thing that we can stand on that everything is going down with your word. So we stand on it and believe it on the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. I pray you have a wonderful, blessed day. Enjoy the beautiful weather. Enjoy your family and loved ones. Pray much. Uh, pick up his word and be encouraged. And let's work. We'll get ready for part two on the signs of a heart growing dough. May God bless you and may God keep you. New Creation Church, Pastor George, Lady Thomas, and we'll see you guys next week.